This is the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast, a place where entertainment, creativity, culture, celebrity, current events, art, and entrepreneurship thrive. I'm your host, Kyle Langan, the founder of HamptonsToHollywood.com, which is a lifestyle website I started all the way back in 2011 to cover culture in the Hamptons and Los Angeles. I am a best-selling author and entrepreneur and started the podcast to have meaningful conversations with the creators and people that inspire me most. So the most listened to Hamptons to Hollywood podcast episode of all time was in season one when I interviewed my amazing friend Alyssa, who is an alcoholic, and she had such incredible things to say. She was vulnerable about her experience with alcoholism, um, and I asked her really tough questions, and everyone loved it. So I thought to kick off this new chapter of the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast, I had to have Alyssa back, because she's amazing, and we had a really... Um, honest, vulnerable conversation, as you know, I love to have with people. News and culture. Okay. So I want to hear about this, Adam, what your thoughts are about Adam Levine. I, okay, my, I don't ever have, like, very strong opinions on these situations, because I never really know if they're real or not. Right. But, I think it's entertainment for entertainment, so, like, I'm here for it. And that's how I feel even about, like, all of the, um, the darling, the, the, some, that movie, Something Darling, that is coming out and there's all that drama oh, around yes. it. I think it's great because like, they're entertainers and they're entertaining me. So oh, yeah. I'm down. Um, but I think the best part about it is him wanting to name his unborn child after the mistress. Do you think that's a coincidence? Or it's a kind of what just What do you like... mean that's not a coincidence? Her name's Sumner. Right. That's not a common name. I know someone named Sumner. I don't know, know anyone named Sumner. Hmm. And I've been alive for 32 years. There's an association to names. Yeah. Right? You're always thinking like, oh, I could never name my kid like... Yeah. Dave, because I associate Dave who was an asshole to me. Right. But some, I mean, some names are more, you can let them slide because they're more common, you know? Like, um, well, Lauren's not really a common name anymore. But when I was growing up, Lauren was like the most common name. I know, it was. Yeah, it was super common. Um, But like now, like Bella, like everyone, like there's so many Bellas as children now, right? So it's like... Okay, but Sumner is not a very common name. No. I mean, do you think so, he cheated on her? Yeah. You do? Yeah. I don't think... Well... Here's what I don't like about celebrity... Um, or the public's take on celebrity news. Mm-hmm. Is that it's... Everyone assumes the worst. No one really takes... Yeah, because it's more exciting that way. Yeah, but no one takes the their, their statements as, yeah. as truth. What is We're not. I, we, listen, this is very spur of the moment. We have not prepared. I have not prepared the research because <laughs> I'm doing more of those. Melissa's farting <laughs> because I am not properly um, brought up to speed on the situation. Okay. But I think he just said like denies affair after cheating rumors, but admits he crossed the line. Oh, right. So we were saying like I shouldn't have flirted. Oh, I mean, come on. Well, true. Yes, but like flirt. What does flirting mean? A DMing her on Instagram. Oh, that's yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Also, that's real. He's confirming that that is real. Yeah. He did do that. Right. Yeah, that's that was wrong, morally, in my opinion. Right. No, I and I think that that's I think true. that like flirting could be like, oh, the checkout clerk like tells you pretty eyes. I feel like that's not a big deal. 
Right. Right? Because you're like, oh, thanks. You have great hair. Like, I don't know. That's No, 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 no. no. Yeah. It's like having an emotional affair, basically. Yeah, no. Saying, that's not okay. Say, I think that, like, whenever a celebrity comes out with a statement, like Adam Levine did, where he was like, I crossed the line. Yeah. I shouldn't have been sending her hot DMs. Yeah. And atoning for it, basically. Yeah. But then everyone yeah. thinks... Like, they villainize celebrities in this way. It's like, no, no, that's not true. He totally cheated with her. I don't care what anyone says. Like, they have this... There's an immediate um, reaction to where they think that whatever is said is, like, not true. And I just... I don't like that. It should... Because... People are negative. Well, I think what it does is it really puts... It makes every situation... Like, people... I think human nature is to make everything black and white. Yeah. And life exists in the gray. 1,000%. Yeah. I'm a gray person. I'm a gray person too. Yeah. And so I just hate like that everything has to be so binary. Yeah. And the reaction, <clears throat> the gut reaction is to is to always think the negative. Well, I see when I hear these things, that's not even like I, I wouldn't even care about the story at all if there wasn't the aspect of him wanting to name his unborn child after right. that lady. Because... That was just funny to me. Yeah. I, people cheating, like, so Adam Levine's cheating. Your neighbor might be cheating on her husband or whatever, this and that. Like, this happens all the time. I don't... Who am I to judge if they're good people or bad people? Right. I don't even like to... Have you ever seen, um... Is it The Green Mile or Shawshank Redemption? I get those two movies mixed up, too. Oh I don't know why. They're not the same. No, they're just about jail. Yeah, yeah, and they're Stephen King books. They both are. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But I think it's Shawshank. It's just like people can do a bad thing and not make it doesn't make them a bad person, which leads into alcoholism, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. Like I did a lot of bad things right. that would categorize me as a bad person, hit and runs and cheating and like I was violent. Like there's so many things, but like it doesn't necessarily, I mean, I don't think it means I'm a bad person, but. Tell us about your hit and run. <laughs> no, this is crimin- <laughs> this <is> incriminating. <laughs> You've been tried. I ha- no, not for this. No one knows. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that? There's like a couple of them. <laughs> like with a car? Yeah, there was, okay, there was one time where it was two moving, I was a moving vehicle and it was hitting, I hit a, a moving vehicle. Oh, not a person. No, I never, no, thank God. Oh my God, that would be, that, that would categorize me as kind of a, a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I, no, okay. it, was a, it was a car. It was like a very, it was a ding. But regardless, regardless, it was not legal or morally okay at all. And I would never let that happen again. But, um, yeah, I was, like, driving on... It's 3rd Street near West Hollywood, near Cedars. Mm -hmm. So I was driving on 3rd Street, and I was drunk. And this car... I I swerved, because I was drunk and not paying attention. And I hit this car, and it was going this way and I was going that way. So like opposite directions. So you swerved into oncoming traffic? Yes. I mean, it wasn't, again, like on a highway, thank God. But oh, like, yeah. it was not good. But yes, I swerved into oncoming traffic. Hit the car. The car turned around, which I didn't realize it was going to do. I'm at the red light. I kind of thought like it wasn't going to turn around. It was a ton of traffic. He turned around. He's like peeping at me. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll pull over. I'll pull over. I ran the red light so he couldn't follow me. You, were, the red really, light. you were really running from I your head. I really ran from it. And then he never got me, which is so terrible. But I did get karma for that a couple times over. Right. I did. I, I got hit by a drunk driver. My car was totaled. <gasps> the night before my first sobriety birthday, this time around, at, in this time of sobriety. Ooh. How 
That's kismet. Kismet. <laughs> That's gonna be the name of the episode. Yeah. Come back. It comes back. I'm like I wasn't scotch free, you know, and scot free. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say that wrong. Wait, and you cheated on like you you cheated when you were drunk? Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Me and my boyfriend at the time, his he was cheating on me, mm. and we were both in college. It was his sophomore year of college, my freshman year, and we were both cheating on each other. But it was very... Um, this was during anal sex. Oh, that's not... Kyle! Like, I was being very malicious. It wasn't like I was just, like, we were in college and we were, like, in an open relationship. Like, we were... Yeah. It was like, I would, he would call me and say goodnight. It was toxic. It was super toxic. And I was like, call him, he'd call me and say goodnight. I was like, I knew that he cheated on me the year before. Mm. And I didn't cheat on him because I was in high school and all of our friends were there. He would have found out. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, there was one, moment, one time where I blacked out and some guy in high school, his name was... I don't know how to say his name on here, but... He accused me of hooking up with him, and I was don't remember it at all. Like I was completely blacked out, and like looking back, like is that rape? Because <laughs> like, like, you don't know if you did or not. No, and I don't have any recollection. And I was like to the point where I was not. I mean, if I was blacked out, so I was not functional. Right. I don't know. I don't. I have no idea if it really. I don't. To this day, I don't know if it happened or not. We're coming on off on the heels of my Instagram. Someone creating a fake Instagram of me and <laughs> selling porn. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, I was not in that situation, but I also sold a bet. I won. I was working with a brand that like, I, they gave me a bed yeah. to like write about. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, I have a bed, so I don't need this. So I right. sold it. Yeah. To someone. Yeah. And there was like Venmo receipts of like the, tra- like, he was like, oh, can I pay you in installments? I was like, yeah, I don't care. Oh, that's Fine. nice of you. Yeah, I know. I'm very on light away. (laughs) And he told everyone that he slept with me. What? In this bed. What? Who is this person? Did you know him? Well, you did kind of. I know him like socially. Yeah, it's very strange. People just do weird things. Is I know. Make up rumors about who know you know. I know. Yeah. Well, and I found out about this person telling my boyfriend at the time that I um, like hooked up with him because. He called my boyfriend in the night and said, oh, like, I just wanted to tell you, you know, bro to bro, like, <laughs> Alyssa, Alyssa and me hooked up or, like, made out or whatever. Like, it wasn't, like, a big deal, whatever it was, um, at Brian's ski house and blah, blah, And I was, like, and to this day, I, I didn't necessarily deny it because I didn't know. And, like, I said that. I was, like, I don't know. Right. No, first of all, red flag that no one thought that was a problem at the time. <laughs> like, I didn't? Like, like my boyfriend anyone else that heard about like don't you think they would be like you don't remember any part of oh that it's movie? a red flag that you don't remember that i blacked out like well when you're in college i think it's i was people... in high school but like, yeah <laughs> yeah i was in high school even worse yeah but i blacked out every weekend in high school i don't think people at that point like i think people drink or do things like that to be cool or to be accepted yeah. so i don't think it's taken with the severity that something like that would be taken it's now. not yeah no but still i just the amount of times that i was like yeah i don't remember anything from last night i feel like people should have been like no i think it's like yeah you're cool yeah but it's, you know it shouldn't be i don't yeah, think it's like that now as much with kids i think you're right i think it's gotten better like i think there's a lot more awareness and a lot more like like health is more important than like getting wasted and like ch- like giving keg stands like when we were in college it was very who can get the most fucked up so i right. drived right you were an a student <laughs> i was an a in plus the, in drinking a plus well it's so funny because that kind of brings up about your talking about your boyfriend a lot of what i wanted to talk about today was relationships oh gosh 
<laughs> not like your past relationships or anything, but I'm just saying like relationships like in general. Okay. Because I think relationships are a really good barometer to judge how successful you are in your life. Ooh. Because if you think about like the quality of your relationships really dictates like your happiness. And uh-huh. I think your happiness is a way to measure your success in life. Okay. So before we get into that, I wanted to just ask you like, how do you measure like success? Oh, it's very different now than what it was. I mean, even a year ago, two years ago. And there's not a wrong or right answer. No, no, I'm not giving, I don't really care about wrong or right answers. <laughs> I'm going to give my answer. Yeah. But I think I used to measure it as my career, how many people showed up at my birthday party, where my clothes were from, where my purses were from. Um, now, I think success is measured in like, it's going to sound really corny. No, it's not. But like, like just how you treat other people. Yeah. You know? Like, I just think like treating, like at work, I, and it's it's a lot better now, but when I, okay, when I first, I think this actually was said in the last podcast, which I still stands, stand by it today. When someone told me, like I, I asked someone early on in sobriety, like five years ago when I first started um, this journey and I was like, how do you get self-esteem? And she told me, we're, we're on a walk, and she said, because I was, she's like, what's, I'm like, I don't have any self-esteem. How do I get self-esteem, you know? And she was like, you get self-esteem by doing esteemable acts. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know what you mean. Like, what? tell me what what to do. And now it's, it's you know, it's helping other people and doing things like. Wow. Yeah. And it is how I get self-esteem. Showing up, being reliable, being responsible, making like financially smart decisions which is like that's been a, a big new like thing i've been dealing with showing up for myself going to yoga doing service work this sunday i'm going to be going to a psychiatric unit in tarzana to speak to the girls there and i've done that really? before yeah fame yeah <laughs> last week i don't want to like you know call out anyone's situation but like last week i helped a girl that i met in the program like i showed up at her she was going through it I showed up at her place and we like dumped her alcohol and I gave I took her weed but I was I was gonna throw it out but then I just gave it to my boyfriend because he smokes weed and I was like you want to have it it's not a waste of money. This is Cere- someone you met in AA. Yeah, some ceremonial like I was like let's take like open the joints and throw it down the toilet so you get some like you know right right and she's like I spent so much money on it I'm like this is like it'll make you not want to go out and buy it again you know what mm. I mean at work not just like doing my job but like on the days where i don't feel good or i'm having like a bad day or i'm like in self-pity like say i'm overwhelmed because like right now i'm pmsing for example like today i was just in a fucking mood really and yeah i would go to work today and, be, and like help out like the person that's putting away the like snacks like be like oh can i help you do that or like take them take apart like the boxes like give yourself esteem on a scale of one to ten what it was when you asked about it oh god negative 20 and what do you think it and how long ago was that five years ago and what do you think it is now um it's pretty good i feel very i feel very comfortable in my own skin now what number um eight i would like to be like i would like to again have like just there's some areas in my life that i would like to improve i mean and and there's always going to be i don't think anyone's ever a perfect no no i mean no and and you should always have areas the more be revealed like you should always have more to improve absolutely but most of the time yeah like i feel pretty confident and it goes like i think it's shown in ways where like i'm not in a codependent relationship anymore and like i'm not but also you probably pick have picked someone yeah 
who's healthier. Exactly. Yeah. And you're making that choice yeah. subconsciously, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my sponsor used to tell me, like, that I would pick um, people that I knew, like, were going to hurt me or, like, it was going to end a certain way mm-hmm. because I wanted to, like, reinforce that I was not wor- worth. Yep. Like, my self-worth was so low, you know? Yeah, like, now, like, I, I just wouldn't give those people the time of day, really. There's, there's a quote in that movie that, um, the perks of being a wallflower. Yeah. Oh, is there about that? Well, it's the quote is, we accept the love we think we deserve. Yes. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's true to some extent, you know? I, but, yeah. I, I mean, also, there's a lot of people, you know, go through trauma and stuff, and being with family makes me feel like I'm back to being 13 years old again. Like, this mm. raw, like, I'm a brat, I'm entitled, I am... Um, you regress. I re- you, like, regress, I regress, literally. too. Like, so much. When I... It took me a while I'm to, I'm not like, an adult. No. It took me a while when I was going home to, like, for Christmas or whatever, yeah. and I'd be like... Mom, are you going to make me a snack? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And she's like, uh, no. Yeah. I mean, I get, like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I would just expect to be, like, waited, like, doted upon. Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. But in my defense, <laughs> and in your defense, <laughs> that was the pattern. Yeah. So. Like, I assume she's going to pay for all my yoga classes when I come visit. So it's just kind of like where, it's an interesting way, yeah. line to draw between being a, an, a, adolescent and an adult yeah. and it's like oh wow you really have to that's why it can only be a certain amount of time for me because i i really i mean i i try to it's just it's so easy to go back to that you know and and for me my adolescence was like very dark like it's hard to even be like oh let me help clean up the dishes you know what i mean i hate it right i hate doing right? that and like how bratty do we sound totally like i know so bratty but it's but it's it's a weird it's it's that's so funny because yeah. I haven't talked about that with anybody else before. Really? Oh, I talked. It's like a very, every time I go visit my mom, in particular, my dad too. Well, none of my friends, like very few of my friends, live far, as far away as I do from my family. Oh, okay. So they're like, yeah, no, just do the fucking dishes. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. Stupid. It's crazy. You see your parents, or your like yeah. as people instead of as parents. Yes. And then you're like. Mom, what is this tablecloth? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, you don't like that tablecloth. Yeah. Like, you like that. And she's like, why are you criticizing yeah. me for... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's very strange. It is. That was a tangent. <clears throat> yeah, that was. Well, I guess kind of on that note, like, I see you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, and... Yeah, we more so now. Yeah. Totally. But even in the past three years since our last... Yeah. Session. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I saw I saw you. Yeah. Our friend Maddie, for example, like <clears throat> she will not shut up about. She was like, "Oh my god!" Every time I see her, it's like Alyssa looks so good. <laughs> she goes, and I think what she's picking up on yeah. is an energy. Yeah. Oh. I mean, also a physical. Thank like you. you do look great. Thank you. But you, but I think she's picking up on like oh, like a growth that yeah. she's seen. Like yeah. and. And the reason I said that, maybe I'm a little bit more, I see you more. Yeah. So, it's, so it's like, oh, you don't see it until like one day you see it. Yeah. You're like, oh shit. Like, yeah. You, there is something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that since our last session, we you have yeah. come a long way. Yeah. And. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you deserve a lot of props. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm really just acting like most people should act these days. <laughs> Yeah, but that but that wasn't your baseline. No. So to get to that place yeah. is like a it's a it's should be it's commendable. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it is. Yeah, that's I I think it's funny because 
but you and Maddie saw me like not a lot of people that I am friends with today saw me in my like <clears throat> addiction addiction mm. like you guys did and it wasn't like extremely clear because I was very secretive yeah and I drank alone most of the time but it was clear enough you know that when you saw me you were like it wasn't I wasn't like I was, there was like a darkness yeah I don't know. I mean, I really, to be quite honest, like, I don't know if I saw, like, a darkness. I saw, okay. like, I saw, but again, I was uneducated about addiction, yeah. too. Yeah, well, and, I, and, like, and I was very secretive. Like, I wasn't, you know. Right. Yeah. And I think that you were just like, oh, this is, like, fun. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's gonna, it's gonna be a night. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was exciting. I was, like, you, the you entertainment. Were, you were not boring. I'm still the entertainment. You're still a hoot. But... In a different way. But so, but your relationships, do you think that they have overall gotten better with oh your... Yeah. yeah. I didn't even... I mean, my, my relationships were falling apart when I first got sober. I think you and Maddie and everyone, like, started maybe not, like, acknowledge it, like, but, like, subconsciously pulled... We're starting to pull back from me a little bit. Because mm. you guys would, like, plan things without me and, like, understandable because every time I came, I would get wasted you're right i do remember this time you yes were you were like oh i didn't want to say no to you yes but because you were like okay and you were very tricky because you were like oh my god like do you want to have a night and like watch sex in the city and like have wine yeah and i was like she knows how to get me to go there and and but at the same time <laughs> like i something about me didn't want to do it yeah and you're probably right. There was maybe like yeah. something that I was picking up on that I was like, I just, that's not a good thing for me to be doing. Yeah. But I felt badly saying no to you because I think that you were sad. Yeah. And well, I was lonely. I was lonely because I, I was making myself lonely, right. you know? It wasn't as obvious as with my like high school friends who, like, this has been like a very big, I mean, trauma is like a really extreme word but like it it really affected me and like i still even have dreams about it sometimes about what my my falling out with my high school friends oh yeah even with like with them it was way more severe they were affected by my addiction and alcoholism much more than you guys were we don't want to see you anymore Mm. like you are not welcome you know what i mean and it was like they were my friends since like Second grade. Well, those relationships are really formative. So when you yeah. lose them, it, it's like it's and it was everyone at once. It was like all all yeah. five girls. Or That's a big six deal. Girls. Yeah, it was, and it was, but it was you know of my doing. And I remember even one of them, like one of the ones, one of the girls that um, I was probably one of the closer ones with. She was like crying, and she's like, "I just want like to help you. Like I just want you back. I just want mm. you to come. Like you know." And I think about that that day a lot. And I was just sitting there like. I'm fine. Like I'm, right. I'm strong now. Like you just don't like that I have like an opinion and blah. Like that's how I felt. Like I felt like I was so. I let people walk over me for so long, and then all of a sudden I found like Adderall and like these like cocaine, and I had this confidence. So like I was like, I'm like I don't like need righteous. you. Yeah, very righteous. Like it was a delusion, really. Yeah. Actually, me and Dylan had a pretty bad falling out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and because he was like personally victimized by. Him. By, by my alcoholism, yeah. Cause we were really close, and we were hanging out. We were together all the time. He he couldn't talk to me for a while. The car, something about a car. He took my car. Well, no, he took my car keys because I definitely should not have been driving because right. I was blacked out. Mm. I we went drinking, and I had taken like Xanax that I stole from my roommate at the time. So I was, you know, drinking in Xanax. Like I was not there at all. I was completely out of it. I don't remember. Th- I was blacked out, so I don't remember this at all. Should we call him? <laughs> 
but he did this is what he tells me about it is that he took my car keys i was chasing him around and then like i like he said i like attacked him and took the car keys back and you know dylan he's like what the fuck right because he was like i don't want to deal with this shit but also like i wanted to keep you safe and then eventually like i ended up driving off he took a break he has to take a break our first episode you said that you were like oh you know like i still like after a hard day or like to decompress i still like want alcohol do you still feel like that that's crazy i know i don't i don't know that's great though like that's so good i mean i guess i work a much stronger program now well okay so tell me what that means like so you go to more meetings than before no recovery should be meetings service work working the steps i mean i don't know the perception was you were going to a lot of meetings too much i only go to three two to three meetings a week now i show up no matter what thursday nights i'm there I'm a secretary at that meeting. I have a commitment. Monday nights, I'm either at the, I either go to the women's meeting on Monday night or I go to, sometimes I do Sunday nights as well. Is it quality over quantity? It's quality over quantity and like what I'm what I'm going there for. It's, it's my intention. Like mm. I would go to meetings in the past, like back then for socializing, you know, like for like the social aspect. Like I wasn't going trying to get like a good message or like trying to give a good message to the newcomer. Now I go to like women's meetings and like back then I wanted to go to like meet guys and like I was right. flirtatious and what's a good word for flirtatious? It came to me and then it's gone. Less vicious. Less vicious. Less vicious. Um, now I go to meetings for my recovery only. Like that's why I go. Hmm. And then also like I meet with my sponsor once a week. I'm in the steps. I call her every day right now. Really? Yeah, right now. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last for. It's the first time I'm working with her. To talk about what? Oh, I have to make a list every day of five times that I come in contact, hear, or see alcohol. So the first step is I'm powerless over alcohol and my life is unmanageable. Wow. And... That's a really big thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I believe it. Which is why I think that she makes me... I've been doing this now this this these list and this saying that to her every day for the past like since may i have a really every day controversial thing to say uh-huh. i'm a big believer in like manifestation okay a lot of the like affirmations i make to myself yeah. like my thought process yeah is largely positive things yeah like i really have very little negative self-talk no i, I don't really i have a lot of my negative self-talk is now replaced with positive self-talk. yeah I, I tried to like actively replace yeah. it yeah and that's great but when you say something like my life is power that's It's not it's not negative no. to me. No, I don't think of it as negative at all. How because it's, it's empowering. A it's a it's empowering. Yeah, wow. it gives me freedom knowing that I fought for so long. Like the reason why I was in so much pain was cuz I thought I had power over mm. alcohol and my life was manageable on like by me and that caused me all this pain. Right. Right? And all of this like turmoil and now giving up that power and just realizing that like that is that's i don't have to try to fight for that power anymore Mm. it's freedom it gives me freedom like the disallowing of the control it's just letting yeah letting go is is brings you freedom it is strange yeah you're right so i make a list i do five places where i see or hear about alcohol and then also five ways in which my life is unmanageable every day could you share what those are like today? You do at the end of the every day. I usually do it actually the morning end of the of the every day, and then set, call her in the morning. So it's the day prior that I usually am talking uh-huh. about. Um, today it was just like Instagram, email, work, podcast, Amazon, places you hear about alcohol. It's everywhere. Life's unmanageable was like traffic, my PMS, missing my dad, 
finances. Sometimes they're they're very specific. Like this car pulled up beside me and was like, mm. you know, and and basically the list for the unmanageable things is because coping with that would be a drink, right? Um, or what's the purpose of making that unmanageable? That list? I don't have like I'm not in charge of how the people act. Right. So it's just kind of a reminder of the things you can't change yeah. in life. Mm-hmm. Do you have <laughs> friends that you can turn to when you want to drink? Because like to me. Like, you've never, like, and which is fine, you've never, like, called me and been like, oh, I really feel like drinking right now. Yeah, I haven't made one of those phone calls in a long time. Really? Yeah. And and I who would you... Oh, Mike, I would, like, anyone in AA. That's why you make friends in AA. <laughs> so you can have those conversations. Yeah. <laughs> but you haven't had those calls in a while. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good, Alyssa. Thanks. Yeah, no, I haven't had... I've had urges to, like... I have urges to escape sometimes, and usually when I feel that way, it's like, I just want to take a nap now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Big napper. So you're narcoleptic. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, on the days where like today where I was like PMSing and like, and some other days where I'm just, if I'm having a bad day, like I don't think like, oh. <gasps> I just had an epiphany. Go oh, on. But I don't think like, oh, a drink would be great. It ha- Honestly, though, it does happen. It's very rare, but it does happen. Do you know what's so funny? In that, in our first, I'm harking back to the first episode. Yeah. You said that the reason why you wanted to drink was because... To escape. And you wanted... It slowed... It purposely slowed down your mind. So it's really funny that you s- take naps now because yeah. that's the... F- that's the slowest well, you can get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how interesting is that that you have replaced that you know that you need a mental break yeah 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 and maybe you just kind of you tire yourself out like on yes. purpose yeah i do also sit and like listen to sad taylor i listen to a lot of taylor swift and i cry yeah and i really and i think a lot of people do that yeah but these are healthy ways to deal with emotional emotions and stress and anxiety and pain like those that's not what i did before you know mm. but but every, like sitting in the shower and crying like you don't feel like you always feel better after that it literally releases endorphins. I fully pretend I'm in a movie. Always. And I'm like the camera, like I know where the yeah. camera is. I'm like, yeah. my hands against the, the wall <laughs> and just like letting it fall down my like back. Looking outside the school bus like yeah. window. Fully. Yeah. Where's the Oscar? Yeah. Where is the Oscar? <laughs> Have you had a relapse since we last spoke? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I had, we spoke in like. September 2019. Sum- oh, September 20. Yeah. So my sobriety date is. February 2020. So I had one really big one in October, and I had to right after no in wait. October. So yeah, of twenty of twenty yeah yeah of yeah. what of nineteen right after a month after we talked <laughs> yeah well and then and then more so there's three wait did I bring all of this up for you oh my god no <laughs> just kidding wait really um, yeah October I got drunk at my friend my friend Bailey's sober birthday party. We all went to a bar. It seems inappropriate. And we were all... It is. I mean, like, not sober, but, like, we were all sober. Everyone there was, like, a lot of people... Most of the people were sober, right? So the other people were normal. And we went to a bar, got, like, mocktails, did karaoke, and I, like, was, like, I went to the bartender, and I was, like, just put a little vodka in mine. And he's, like, why are you whispering that? <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm 30... Like, I was, like, 30 years old. Like, why well, didn't need to... Right. Or, or 29 or something. Like, right. why did I need to whisper that to the bartender? But, like, I had to because no one else can hear it. It was an awful night. And, like, I made terrible decisions. Like, literally within a matter of an hour. Like, almost lost one of my best friends who I was in her wedding because of it. Like, almost lost Nicole as a best friend. Like, Nicole and Caitlin were both super affected by that evening and my actions. Like, you know, I had to make amends for 
both of those to both of those wow. people. So, and that happened in a matter of moments. Um, so that was October. And then I, no one knows this because I lied about it, but I went home for Christmas, made it through Christmas without drinking, but had emotional breakdowns. Like, don't even know how, I was holding on by a thread and I was pretending like everything was okay. And I was like taking all the kids out, like all my cousins that were in college, like get alcohol. And I was like, you know, just, I was being the fun person. I was like, oh, I can drive you guys. I'm sober, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And on the way home, I had two, on the plane, I had two, just two glasses of wine. I wanted another one, but the bar, but the bartender, but the stewardess wasn't coming over. So I was like, and so it was enough time for me to clear my head. And I was like, cappuccino or cappuccino or um, espresso, whatever, coffee, you know? And then I went back and didn't tell anyone about it. Um, How did, did you feel guilt? Yes. I mean, a little bit, but I was also like. Were you drunk? Yeah, I was tipsy, but it was, yeah. it wasn't, the whole point is that like it set off these it set off the motion in my head. Mm. And what it led to was my last drink, which was super severe. Because it was when I found my ex with that girl. This is in February. Yeah. My my, my my grandfather died the same night. Oh, my God. And then I got on the plane, got wasted, tried to kill myself at in the connecting flight in Utah. In the airport. At Salt Lake City, yeah. I think you called me from like the stall. Oh, probably. I'm sure I did. I called everyone. Blood everywhere. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It was really, it was bad. Like a razor? I know. I ate, I broke a wine glass. What a razor. Because you were drinking in the yeah. airport? Yeah. Wow. So you found, okay, so wait, how long, what, how long did, were you, did you find your ex? Did you go on the flight? Like, I, I had two days in between where I was, I actually held on. Wow. And I was, I just stayed sober, but I was, oh my gosh, I was so miserable. And, I mean, I just thought it was the end of the world. Like, I was clearly addicted to him, too. You know, like, mm. that is not how, yes, it's it's terrible situation. I was in, like, could not function. <laughs> I think that whole time period, I was extremely, like, after we talked, I was doing well when we talked, actually. And then I had the relapse in October, and, and then from that point to February, I was, in relapse mode, in addiction, full-blown addiction mode, I was lying. I was, right. you know, like there was, there was, I was doing all the things. And my like finale, my, right. <laughs> my grand finale was the last time I had a drink. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, not crazy, but it's. No, it is. And scene. And <laughs> scene. Are you afraid that more things like that happening and what they'll do to your sobriety? No. I, I don't believe that if what I think I believe now that whatever happens to me, I don't need to have a drink over it. Hmm. And that sounds I sound a little is sanctimonious the right word? <laughs> Ding! <laughs> um, it sounds like maybe idealistic and maybe, you know, boastful and not. But I do feel like that. And, I, and only because and I don't feel like that because I'm so strong and and like I have all this willpower and all this. Stuff. It's because actually. I feel that way. If I continue working in the program the way I do, then yes, I can pretty honestly say like my boyfriend could break up with me. He could cheat on me. My someone that I love could die. I will get through it sober. Mm. If I don't work the program to my best ability and do everything that's suggested of me, I will not. I mm. will have a drink. And even if that... Because you're not held accountable? No, because I it, in, it enriches my spiritual life. By doing all this with the work that I do to stay in the program, by going to meetings, by helping other women, by 
doing going on psych wards and talking to people by doing the steps like uh, trying like working on myself and and working and putting myself out there to help another alcoholic Hmm. and that's what the book says and i believe it it's like it's the only thing that i'm like i believe like i believe everything that is written in this book which is also sounds naive but it's gives me a lot of freedom i think it's a very powerful thing to comprehend um for people who maybe who don't have an addiction like me because it's like it's really hard for me to wrap my head around the again like i said like that disallowing of control and the and power it's just so antithetical to everything that i want like do you know what i mean like yeah if i want something i'll be like i'm gonna get this right not like but do you believe that you have full control over it or do you think that like over what over like you getting what you want or do you think like yeah yeah i mean i think i well even when there's other people involved that have their own i think it's i believe in like a higher power or whatever it is that if you believe it it will be well for me my higher power no like has always had my best interest and if i have a relationship that's the other part that i've completely missed having a relationship with the higher power he or she always has my best interest and if i stay in contact and like if i don't fight the information Mm. given to me and i do the next indicated step then my life will be beautiful right and like it won't always it won't always look the way i think it's supposed to look but like i do think that if we're if i have a good working relationship with my higher power like they have my best interests and i only know that because every time i have fought every time i fought it like my ex like for us i my higher power was clearly like you do you cannot be with this person yeah. And I was like, no, yes, I can. And this is why. And I fought it for months and months. Right. And it would just caused me more and more pain. Yeah. And now, like, when I'm, like, unsure about something, I'm like, please make this abundantly clear to me whether or not it's what I want. You know, like, yeah. even if I think, like, I want this person. And those lessons are so hard to take. Yeah. Because you don't really know in the moment, like, yeah. wait a second, this really is for my highest good. Right. And you, and in the, in the moment, it's like, you slut yeah yeah, (laughs) you know yeah it's hard wow but it's happened so many times that i i've seen it happen like yeah you're right or better for you oh my god you're just so right and that's how it works and i think that's a my higher power oprah if we can that's that's my that's my higher power (laughs) she said in an interview she was like she was talking about this movie role that she really wanted in um in the color purple Uh and she was like I just had to like get to a point where am I boring you? No, I'm responding to actually a, a woman in AA. Oh. Hello, purple. She sounds insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> so she wanted the role. She wanted the role, and she was like, like so badly. She was like, I want this. I want this. I need it. I need it. This is my. Th- this is for me. And she was like, and things were not going her way. Right. Like she was not getting it. Right. And she was like, and then I just. Which I feel like doesn't happen a lot for Oprah. <laughs> this was like before she was famous. Oh, okay, okay. And she was like, I need to get to a place where I can see the this other actress who is auditioning for the part. Like, right. I want to get to a place where I can go to the movie yeah. and see her in it yeah. and like commend her on it. Yeah. And she was like, I just had to be like, I had to let it all go. Yeah. And then and she was like, once I was like at a full place where I could let everything, all that like ambition go and all that wanting go yeah she got it of course and that is so 
And you, so you're right. I'm yeah. over here being like, I don't get it. Yeah. But like, you're, yeah, but you do get it in a way. Well, now I do. Yeah. Now that you and Oprah are teaching me the ways. But like, <laughs> you know, okay, as much as Oprah. <laughs> but like, it's so true. Like, I think if we all, it's such an important lesson. I think to like let go. Yeah. Of the things that you. Yeah, it's like a Buddhist thing too. Gosh. Because attachment is like. Every yeah. You just shouldn't attachment. You shouldn't be attached to. I'm not, honestly the only two things that I'm really attached to right now. Are my cats and I would I was just gonna say that? Oh my god, it would be awful. But I, I guess I would be okay. But I, I mean, I would, it would be awful. Would it? Would it make you drink if you lost them? No, but oh my gosh, it would be terrible. But yeah. Do you? Okay, calm down. Do you still? <laughs> do you still? Does it still feel like life and death to you? Like you're. Yeah, it is. It is life and death. And there's a line in the book that I read last night with my sponsor that said, um, "If we don't, if we don't help another alcoholic." we will surely drink and if we drink we will surely die wow and just that's it and and actually we were talking about gray and yes there's a lot of gray but like for me this is black and white the disease of alcoholism the whole point of it is that it wants the disease wants you dead yeah so wow that is a crazy thing to think like they say like the disease wants you dead yeah yeah is it the only disease that wants you dead that i mean there are other diseases that kill you but it's a disease that like make distorts your thinking and perception so that you like start to like if you're farther for me if i if i don't do the work like that that step work go to meetings meet my sponsor how like pray whatever if i don't do those things my brain will start telling me that i'm okay without this stuff and eventually it'll start telling me these are the steps that i think it takes i'm okay i can go to alcoholics anonymous um i don't need to do all the work i'm still an alcoholic but i don't need alcoholics anonymous anymore mm. um i don't want to drink though still I don't think I'm an alcoholic, but I don't want to drink and I don't need Alcoholics Anonymous. And then maybe I can have a drink. And it's this like cunning, it's called cunning, baffling, and powerful. Like it's, it's insidious. And that's how it gets you to drink. You know, it's not like a simple like. Okay. So I have two kind of things to say on that point. Do you think that anyone can ever, a true alcoholic can do those steps that you just said, like oh, be on like that stop at B or C, or just be on that slippery slope. Yeah, until they are not going to meeting, until they think that they're fine. Yeah, and, and then go ha- back, and then can have a drink, and don't ha- and don't screw up their life. Not a true alcoholic, no. Not a true alcoholic, but I do think that it could last. It could last for a long time. Like I do think that like you could have years where mm. you're really fighting for the privilege to drink, so you're not 100 percent honest with yourself that you're enjoying it as much as. What you like for me? I don't enjoy having a few drinks. Like, if when I'm being truly honest with myself, like if I said I I was, I would lie. I was lying to like protect my right to drink. So this is something that I don't want anyone to take offense to if they're alcoholics listening. But I think it's something maybe just a perspective that I don't necessarily believe. I'm just bringing it up for argument's sake. Mm-hmm. But like those thoughts of I'm powerless without. I'm powerless over alcohol in my life. Alcohol, my life. <laughs> and then this is a disease that wants you dead. Mm-hmm. In different circumstances, like those mantras, uh-huh. I would argue. Yeah, are negative. Not that they're negative, oh. but it's kind of like, like a brainwashing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I totally thought it was brainwashing at first. Right? Yeah. So it's like, whoa, like you're really. and. It's not like a brainwashing tour. It's like a Charles Manson, like, let's go murder people, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But, but it's like... Cause the, it, cult mentality. Cult mentality. Yeah. Like, it really is for the better better of the person. Right. But it But 
there's such I guess a surrendering and that's what I'm like really obviously struggling yeah. with like cope, like hearing yeah like what do you I mean, think I thought, about that I thought that for a while and that was my argument is that I'm not doing AA because it's a cult and yeah. I'm not going to be conforming and so what made you finally relent pain just pain this was the only thing that made me it's the only thing that helped it's usually the last stop you don't just you don't just like have one bad night and Right. end up at an AA meeting and are like willing to do all of this work it's usually a lot of pain that brings you said in our last episode that y- you did not have like emotional sobriety was something that you were still struggling yeah. with yeah where do you fall on that scale now I feel like I do have emotional sobriety most of the time and that's basically explain what that is again I mean it's just like not being so reactive and um, living the principles of AA in my life. Just being kind of like more like an even emotional keel. Exactly. I have depression for sure, but like I'm on antidepressants and I also like, I use tools. I think that emotions only, they only come out if you work through them. If you if you go around them, they don't, you don't overcome it. I think you've achieved emotional sobriety too. Thank you. And then the last thing that we were, that I'll just kind of touch on again was like the contrary actions thing, like, oh, yeah. which was about when you don't want to do it, you do it. Yeah. I still do that with working out. Getting that body tight. <laughs> <laughs> with going, sometimes going to work. You're, you are very, very disciplined. Yeah. Do those routines keep you in your sobriety i don't strive for instant gratification like i used to which is definitely an alcoholic tendency and also i didn't show up for a lot of people for a long time so now like i really try to show up when i say i'm going to you didn't ask me any crazy questions i'm so happy okay so let's talk about anal sex oh my god i hate you so much (laughs) what questions do you think i was gonna ask i don't know last time you were like you said that when you get out of rehab you're really horny and i was like i didn't say that Yes, we did. <laughs> I'd say that I was or people were. Who does? Who, you're a person. Everyone, <laughs> who knows? But no, but I thought that was a really interesting point where you're just bringing up like, because a lot of people, they, when you get out of treatment, they yeah. say don't date because everyone's just like, I need to replace yeah. my intake of alcohol with an intake of dick. <laughs> you know what Deeksha actually, when we were, we were talking yesterday, she asked me about like that or Perry asked me, he's like, do you, he's the same question that you asked, which is funny. I think a lot of normies have this question. Normies. Normies. <laughs> um, that means normal people. Uh, yeah. Not alcoholics. Um, is, is, do alcoholics always replace, like he said, he knows people that were alcoholics and are in recovery and now they're like, they run marathons all the time and they, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. I don't really think that's true that I, well, I, I told him that like what I do is like I strive for balance. My mom's all about balance. It's such a... It's so... It helps me so much. I think life is about the pursuit of balance. It really is. I don't know how achievable it is. I feel like I I feel really more balanced, I mean, I guess, than I ever had. So I don't know how how relative that is, but... Is your current boyfriend the first boyfriend you've had since you've been in treatment and rehab that... Or that's the same thing. Yeah. That has not been an alcoholic? Yeah. What's that like? Dating someone who's not an alcoholic versus... Just texted me. Ugh, read it out loud. Oh. Was it sexual? No. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, my God. No, Um, it's great. It's so great, honestly. It, but it is... There are hard times. I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, but we can blew it up. But it, it is... It's honestly... It's 
a lot healthier. I don't have to like have, I don't watch him and like with my ex, I like wanted him to do AA the way I was doing AA because I know if he didn't. Oh my God. That's and what that I would And that happens a lot. Like. And that happens a lot because you're like, because you care about that person and you want them <gasps> to oh live. God, that's fucking crazy. That's just their life, right? Life or death. And that, that would be me. And oh my God, I was obsessed. And it was so codependent and so like. And then when they was, don't do it, you start shaming them for not doing it the way that you wanted it. Yeah. It is so, it's very hard. So I don't have to deal with that anymore, which I really like. Um, there's definitely like an aspect of vulnerability that like I will not never have with my boyfriend now that I have with people in the program. Mm. But I find it in different ways. Like right. the program also teaches me to be vulnerable with him in other ways that like I've never been able to be in, in relationships before where yeah. like I can be like, you know, I'm feeling this way. And even though I feel embarrassed about it, like. I, you are such a good communicator in you. your relationship. Thank you. I feel. I mean, I'm not in your relationship. Yeah. We're, we're not. No, a we talked about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we do talk about it, and um, and yeah, like you are really hard conversations. Oh god, they're the best. They're, and the, worst. they're the worst, honestly. But I, but they always but so far they've always there's always been good on the other side of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Hard conversations, I think, are like, oh God, they're so important. Like, they're like catalyst for, for growth in relationships. And not even that. It's not even the hard conversations. It's just being vulnerable. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even that thing that I told you tonight at dinner about the, <laughs> the kiss thing. Yes! Yeah. Like, I was so, I'm still so mortified by right. that. But, and it's something so innocuous. It, yes, it's my name. But, like, I could have, like been like oh i did something like that was like kind of like cheesy and annoying and like right. not talked about it yeah, yeah but because yeah. i told you what it was yeah. and you were like that was really stupid like, <laughs> <laughs> like i'm the worst no 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 because what it did was it it validated my feeling yeah and it was kind of like oh yeah and then and then you move past it like once yeah. you're completely vulnerable and get it like out yes and just there's power in that there's power in that yeah and yeah, and, and especially you know, when you do it with a partner. Yeah, well, and, and partners can't read your mind, you know? And yeah. I, like, d- that's that was took a long time for me to understand, you know? And and now, and I'm, I, whenever I'm trying to read his mind, I'm usually wrong. I've been wrong every time that I've tried to read his mind, so. I know, isn't that funny? Every time. So it's like, I now I just ask. You have to. But it, it is, it's, it is for sure uncomfortable mm-hmm. it's the same thing as contrary action in my opinion in that way having that sitting down and having a yes. hard conversation is contrary action totally yeah which again like a lot of these principles people do in their normal lives if they want to have healthy sustainable lives you know i think like our parents generation they didn't have a lot of hard conversations and they there's a lot of trauma that was passed down because of that and now we have like transgenerational trauma yeah and now we have this like open therapy generation mm. and i think it's great i think it is too you know like i think it's great that we can talk about oh i don't feel sexy or or like i'm i'm really sad this is this is really making me sad even if you don't understand that it is you yeah. know god someone who can like express their feelings what's sexier than that <laughs> and it's also being like hey like I, maybe this is this is how i feel my perceptions like this because i've been through this in the past so it's like under first of all understanding yourself and then being able to be like, just so you know, just hopefully you're so you're aware of this. When you say this to me, it makes me feel unloved, unwanted, yeah. like a, a nuisance. Yeah, relationships take work no matter what. But I think having that layer of alcoholism on top of it is probably another just yeah. like mind fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. I'm really happy for you. The only line I would ever cross is I would never date someone that abused alcohol or drugs. That's it. That's that's it. <laughs> so sure in, in regards in regards to I'm just <laughs> in regards to um, a year sober. Um, and then where do you see yourself in ten five years? I hate that question. I hate that question too. <laughs> but but I think like if I had asked you that last time, yeah. would you have said sober? Oh yeah. I mean I don't know what I would have said. Should have asked you. Should have asked me. I would love to be a mother in five to ten years. I guess in fun. Yeah. I would love to travel. I would love to go further in my career. Would love to still be an active member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Do you think you wouldn't be? No, I have to work at it still. I would just. I would hopefully be helping more women. Mm. That's. You're kind of like the. Oh God. Alcoholic fairy godmother. Oh God. Do you know what I mean? I can just see you being like in a dress, fifty, changing a diaper, no pumpkin to a carriage. Yeah, you have this cuteness that is so kind of like contagious, and I can just see people feeling really comfortable opening up to me, opening up to you, and so I think that you have the potential to help a lot of people. Um, yeah, thank you. That that's the goal. My primary purpose is to stay sober and help another alcoholic. You know? So is that what's most important to you then? Yeah. That, uh, yeah. That's my purpose. It's your like, purpose. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is for people to like know what their purpose is? Yeah. I it's know. hard. I know. And what a like crazy gift that yeah. your purpose is this thing that came out of your darkest time. Yes. I you know, know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, and I always thought my purpose was to, like, make the best treatment for cancer at work, you know? And that is such a fuck. That is a it's goal. It's a tall order. That's a tall Like, I don't know what my purpose is. Well, your purpose is, I think, to help other people in ways of, like, spreading information. And you like to open up, like, have hard, com- like, topics and just spread information. Yeah, that's... You know? That's... Alyssa, you're right! <laughs> Should I be like my therapist? No, should I be a life coach? E- maybe. No, like that's actually a really. How did I not think of that? You're so you right. What if you thought about it long enough? I think about myself all the time. I can't believe I never, <laughs> <laughs> I that never came up. <laughs> no, but you're right. Like writing the books about like that confessions of a call boy. Yeah. On Amazon. Yes. On Amazon. Now. Amazon. <laughs> Best selling author. <laughs> um, about you know sex work yeah. and talking interviewing people about topics like this yeah. and gosh you're right it's yeah. i'm like disseminating yeah you're not you're not having yourself enough credit wow yeah remember the garbage commitment i <laughs> yes i don't have any garbage commitments now because you did them all yeah. gar- you were the garbage girl in your meetings was, because yeah. you wanted to quell your ego and i think that that is something that I would have a hard time doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a really big move. And I'm glad that you did that. And now you're the secretary. You're yes. Rising through the ranks <laughs> of alcoholics. The queen. Well, listen. Well, listen. Thanks for being here. Thanks, uh, Kettle One, for sponsoring us. <laughs> <laughs> They're always Thanks, the Casa Amigos. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Casa Amigos. Oh, okay. George Clooney. That's George Clooney's drink? Yeah. Is it? And Cindy Crawford's husband. And, oh, they're, they're together. Business they made... partners. Really? Yeah. Everyone has that. Like, it's very popular. I know. Is it good? Casamigos. Is it good? Yeah. Casamigos. Yeah. 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 It is. It's a cute bottle. 
Very cute. Yeah. Kendall Jenner's 818 Tequila is very good. Is it? Very. It's like a vanilla-ish. Has a vanilla. Oh. No, it's... It's good? Good. Okay. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks for being here. Thanks for and having me. And being vulnerable as always. Should we, should we do another three-year... Yeah. Was it three or four? Wait. 2019, 20, 21. That's only two years. Wow. No, 20, 21, 22. You're yeah. right. Three, three years. years. Three years, yeah. Maybe three years all. See you guys. Catch you on the flippity flip. Catch you on the flippity flip.